Episode 28, Passing on the Savings by Working in a Virtual Law Office Environment. My conversation with Laura O'Brien of MyVirtual.Lawyer. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the TechSavvyLawyer.page and host of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. I appreciate having you here today. And to start, let's get a feel of what your current tech setup is. Absolutely. So I am and have always been a home-based virtual attorney. And so, and I live in a small bungalow house. uh, So I don't have like a separate office space. So my tech setup is usually on my dining room table. Mm -hmm. And I have... uh, not lovely natural light, but I also have cube lights that Mm -hmm. in case it's a cloudy day, like it is today, actually, I have cube lights that I have set up so that I can get uh, a little bit more light on my lovely skin so that people can see me when I'm doing any kind of video because we we do Facebook lives and things like that, Mm -hmm. any kind of video. Um, But also I use Mac laptop computers. Uh, So my partner and I both use Mac laptops um, and use a Duet portable uh, monitor for the laptop. It just kind of slides on with magnets on the back so that I I don't have necessarily a separate monitor setup that's always taking up my dining room table. It slides right off and and sits where it needs to sit. But I'm pretty simple with my tech setup. I like things streamlined. So yeah, I'm going to go back a step. Uh, What are your cube lights? What brand? Uh, I'm so sorry. I should, I'll have to go check, um, on that. So I'll, I'll, I'll add that to the show notes later. Okay, um, that sounds well, good. What kind of MacBook do you have? I have a MacBook air. Okay. Just and a and simple, what, what year? It's a little bit old. Uh, it's Ooh. 2017, I think. Um, okay. so, so I'm operating a little bit old. We're due for an upgrade. Both of us are due for an upgrade this year. If not, uh, we probably should have done it last year, but, um, it's running a little well, are, slow. Are you going to get another MacBook Air? Are you thinking of getting another MacBook or something else? I am a Mac person. So okay. I, I was in a career for a long time that forced me to use um, PCs. And okay. I never really knew the difference, to be honest. I had friends that had Macs and thought they were a little bit confusing because I was so used to the PCs. But when I quit right, my right. career, I got a Mac and I will never look back again. So <laughs> I... I'm all about the Apple products, even though I think I wish they were a little bit less expensive, um, like we all do. Right. Uh, I'm 100% gonna get a MacBook Air. I, the MacBook Pros and things like that, I, I just like the, uh, the lightweight capabilities mm-hmm. of the Air, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily need a tremendous amount of processing because I use uh, external hard drives for any right. like files and things like that. Okay. So uh, most of the software and everything that I use um, is cloud-based. So it doesn't okay. take up a lot of hard drive space or anything like right, that. Right. So I do prefer the Air just for the, um, the lightweight convenience for carrying it wherever I go. Because pre-COVID, I did a lot of working in 
coffee shops and uh, at my partner's house and all sorts of all things. Right. So. Well, um, I'd be curious to hear your report from the 2017 MacBook Air to the 2021 uh, MacBook Air with the M1 chip. Yeah. I've heard a lot of positive things about that. And I, I just have not seen the uh, speed test yet, which is what I'd love to see that. And also with the, um, the iPads and the iPad pros, uh, but, but sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that, um, I don't use my iPad too much for work just because mm -hmm. of, uh, I actually use my cell phone, my, um, just my, you know, regular iPhone. Cell phone. I, yeah. Thank oh. you. Today is one of those days where I'm not coming up with no work, worries. So, um, no worries. I, yeah, I just use my iPhone uh, because if I'm not in front of my computer, then it's a lot easier for me to grab my phone to respond to a client message or something like that uh, because internet's there too. So, so which iPhone do you have? I have the. Um, these are all questions that I should have known to double check. It's the the one from two years ago, I guess that that had all the colors and everything that. Oh, okay. Is, I'm not sure if that's the, the 11 or, or the 10. It's the, it's the one that was before the 11, but didn't have a number to it. It was the XR. X? Yeah, no, that's, I think it's the 10. Is it the, I 10? the 10? I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. It was after the, it was after the 10 itself. It was the slightly right. bigger one. Yeah. Um, okay. Came out like Which right was sort of, the 11 did. Right. It was sort of like a little bump. Of, yeah. of the 10. So, so yeah. no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah. and I'm curious, you're, you're the first person I've spoken with who has actually used or who uses the Duex monitors. Yes. And how do you like that? I love it. I think it, it's very heavy. Um, so mm -hmm. in my perfect world, it would be a lot more lightweight. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is, uh, I do a lot of, I do all of the accounting and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And I say that we outsource, you know, to an accounting firm for all of the taxes and payroll. Right, and right. Like that. But I'm in charge of the books and everything. Um, and it, it's just huge for my drafting and, mm -hmm. uh, and bookkeeping and things like that. It's, it just makes my life so much easier to be able to have the dual monitors. And again, like I said, because I don't have an office space in my home. Uh, that I would that I would want to have a monitor right, right. Set up. It's just real easy. It just fits with with magnets on the back of my laptop. My okay. laptop. So all I have to do is just slide it on and slide it off, and then plug it into the USB, um, and I'm good to go. So I I it's really changed my practice and my business just in general. Um, it made it a lot easier for me because before I was operating without two monitors because I didn't want the hassle of having a huge monitor in my living space, basically. So it's, it's a one screen monitor. I think they make a double screen if I remember correctly. They do. Um, when I bought these for us uh, a couple of years ago, maybe um, mm -hmm. I, my, I feel like COVID has, we just skipped over 2020 and the way that we kind of think about right. what we bought or what we did. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I bought these in 2019 and the, and the two, um, like the trifold was just coming out. The, right. um, the, the dual monitor was the biggest one that they had and kind of the new one that they had out for a little bit. Uh, so I just personally have the two screen. Um, I have the single monitor, so it gives me okay. two monitors and, and that's sufficient for me personally, because I don't do a lot of complex types of things where I would need three monitors up. 
but I would recommend for anybody who wants three monitors, I think it's, you know, it's, it would balance out your computer a lot more. Cause I will right, say right. that, that occasionally if I, um, when I'm doing any kind of video public facing videos, right, right. I usually have an elevated, uh, like my old law school books are good for something, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, have, I have a stack of law school books that I bring out on, onto my uh, dining room table to get a better angle for the visual and sometimes it you know makes it lean to the side a little bit to have the second monitor out but and how is the quality of the screen it's actually a really good quality it's it's small um but mm -hmm. some of that is just because you know a laptop is not going to be the hugest screen monitor anyway and right. it's smaller obviously than the uh, monitor that you have on your laptop because mm -hmm. the surface area is smaller um, but the, the clarity and, uh, you know, pixels and all that kind of stuff, it's actually very clear. It's very easy to use, very easy to see. So I like it a lot. So why not use, uh, your iPad with sidecar? I have not, um, it honestly just didn't occur to me. So. Oh, okay. No, just, just curious to ask. Uh, yeah. I'm, I've used it a couple of times. I mean, cause when I travel, I've got usually both my laptop and my iPad and I'll prop up the uh, the iPad with a sidecar, and you know when I need that dual screen kind of thing. Um, how how much how much weight is the um, the Duex monitor like comparatively to your your laptop? Uh, I would say that the monitor is a similar weight addition to okay. the laptop. Okay. Uh, so okay. It's, I mean, it's probably. And, it, and because it's back heavy, it's, you know, it's on the back of the, mon it, the, right. the actual laptop itself, all the weight is on the bottom of the laptop, but then you add okay. a significant amount of weight to the back of your screen. Mm -hmm. um, it makes it a little bit cumbersome. You've got to be careful when you're moving your laptop to not have it like flop open the wrong way. <laughs> so. Have you had any stability issues, whether with the monitor hanging onto the laptop or just with the the cover itself, the, the laptop cover? The only time that I've had stability issues is when I have the laptop elevated. And that's just because it's, you know, that's, that's, and that's my own personal fault, I guess, because I've got it on the stack of books, which mm -hmm. makes then the weight of the second monitor that hangs up. I've got it on the right-hand side. So when I have it elevated, you know, to let's say it's to 10 inches or something, and then I've got the extra weight that's hanging on the right-hand side. That's the mm -hmm. only time that I have a stability issue. When it's on a, a flat surface, when the laptop's on a flat surface, there's All not right. really any stability issues that I've noticed. Do you have any concerns about the weight at all? Um, lack of better expression, pulling the lid off the hinges or loosening that up too much? I did initially because I was surprised at how heavy it was when I first bought it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I did, but the way that the MacBook Air hinges are, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it's one on each side necessarily. And right, so right, right, right. I've been using it for a couple of years now, and I haven't noticed any kind of movement of Excellent. the back of the laptop where the monitor oh. is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Initially, yes, I had those concerns, but right. they have been alleviated because I haven't noticed any kind of loosening of um, Roger. So, all right, no, excellent. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. that's good to know. I like I said, I'm sure the listener would like to know, like if I got one, how that affects you know uh, my workflow and also how it affects my laptop because you don't want um, you know the whatever third party device that you're going to put on your laptop to somehow accidentally break it. Absolutely. Um, 
So no, actually, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, that being said, let's get into our questions. That's and for our first question, uh, what three pieces of technology do you feel are must have to start a virtual office today? So a virtual office, in my opinion, is mm -hmm. one that operates truly in the cloud. And that Got means it. all interactions with clients um, from mm -hmm. pre-hire to delivering services and close of business is all delivered virtually in a cloud-based environment. So that starts off with um, an electronic calendar, which most, most of us have. Um, right. And even if you didn't have it before COVID, you've got it now more than likely, whether that's Calendly or Acuity or all of these other, there are a lot of different booking tools. Um, we specifically use a booking tool um, that is embedded in uh, a software that we use for pretty much everything else that we do client facing. And it's called Client Rock. And that's where mm -hmm. our booking calendar is. Um, and along with that booking calendar, I will say that a chat bot on your website is mm -hmm. uh, another huge thing. And for us specifically with myvirtual.lawyer, if you go to our website, the chat bot pops up and asks you, do you want to talk to an attorney? If yes, you know, what jurisdiction are you in? Right. It doesn't say it that way, but it says, you know, where do you live? And then the, the entire goal of our chatbot is to get that potential client to the right booking calendar. That's, that's all it does okay. really. And so Excellent. the booking calendar is, um, is to me one of the most important things that you wanna make sure to have uh, as a new starting, you know, starting your virtual law firm because that's the first client interaction that you're gonna have. And it kind of sets the tone for, hey, here's, here's how you're gonna work with me. You're gonna work with me online basically. Uh, so that's number one. Um, I also am big into uh, automated tools mm -hmm. for a virtual mm -hmm. law firm. And that in, that's going to include things like automated engagement letters and payment plans or payment of services, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's, you know, Client Rock is what we use for that. Um, it's once I've had the consultation, then uh, I click a button and it sends mm -hmm. out the engagement agreement to the client. Again, it's all electronic. They get an invitation right. to sign and to pay. Right. And so you need to have some kind of process for uh, that, you know, for getting your client to sign in a virtual environment. And again, COVID has kind of forced us to do a little bit more of that than we used to. And by we, I mean, as a profession, <laughs> I don't mean, right. there are some of us out here that's, that have been doing it for a while, but, um, but, but that's a, a, a big um it's been a big change for some people too uh, in the last year, but uh, the most important tool, as far as I'm concerned, that every virtual law firm needs to have is some type mm -hmm. of client portal. Okay. And that can be in your practice management system and your client relations system, you know, whatever your CRM um, for us, it's in client rock. Uh, that's our customer facing tool that we use. Uh, we use other things, but that's our customer facing tool. That's the only thing that they know that we use really. And so having a client portal um, that is secure is mm -hmm. the most important. It's kind of like the, it's the um, linchpin or the, you know, anchor for a virtual law firm is having that, uh, that, that portal access so that that's how you communicate. So you, you talk about Client Rock being your front face. Is Client Rock specifically for law firms? Is it for anybody? Is it 
it's specifically for law firms. It was built, um, and I, this is not necessarily intended to be a, I love client rock uh, kind of conversation, but it, it is what we use. And it is, there's a reason that that's what we use. Um, it was built uh, a couple of years ago. It had a different name. It was called client Sherpa when it first Mm -hmm. came out and, uh, rebranded to client rock, maybe two years ago, again, COVID timing, eh. But um, it, it's specifically for law firms. And the great thing about the developer, uh, his name is Brian Marble. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working with him since 2018, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, because he reached out to me, um, to us as a law firm, because he wanted to build a tool that was useful for people like us, that mm-hmm. were a little bit different, that were not traditional in the way that we practice law and the way that we wanted to deliver our services. And so what's great about that is that I have his ear and he asks me advice on things and I test out stuff for him, um, which is great. So it's, it's built for law firms, but it's, to me, it's a lot more user-friendly for someone who doesn't need all the bells and whistles of a general practice management system, because a lot of those practice management systems, in my opinion, I mean, they'll tell you too, are built for, PI litigator kind of okay. environment. Mm-hmm. So the, the Cleos and the practice Panthers and you know, right. simple law and all those kinds of things, they're, they're built for time and billing, um, you know, big, large offices, you know, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of stuff that we just don't need mm-hmm. and everything that we need in client rock. It's a lot more simple to use. So do you have a traditional CRM or. We use practice Panther, um, as our practice management system. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but to be honest, we a hundred percent only use it for uh, conflict check mm-hmm. and for, because we have all of our old clients and stuff in there um, mm-hmm. and don't have, we didn't move over all of our clients to client rock. Uh, we just started with them at a certain point and used them going forward, but uh, it integrates with client rock integrates with practice Panther but we use okay. them for conflict check and we use them for document automation and that's it. Um, we moved away from them for everything else because client rock works so well gotcha. for us. Okay. So, okay. So like you can send things out like your engagement letter or a follow-up letter from client rock. Correct. Automatically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, excellent. I'm all about automation and triggers and it doesn't mm-hmm. work with, doesn't work necessarily with zaps but I don't need it to because I have my own, like it has what I need. I I click a button to start an engagement and my template is already in there where they need to initial and sign and everything. I just send it out to them. Um, I put the dollar amount pretty much and that's about it. Uh, And so it's it's built for a streamlined practice is what it's built for as opposed to all the bells and whistles that a, a regular CRM has. Okay, so this really sounds like more of a focus for a solo practitioner, a solo or small firm practitioner. I would say small firm, yeah, um, solo small firm for sure. Okay, uh, excellent. It could, I think it could be um, used for larger practices, but it's not going to have the internal communication options that right. those other ones have, where you can assign tasks and things like that. Um, it's really built for people who kind of do it themselves or have just a few people. Roger. Okay, excellent, excellent. So I think we got three out of you for that one. So so. let's move on to our second question. What three pieces of software or technology has helped you unbundle your services to your clients? So with unbundling, um, I'll just kind of start off by saying with unbundling, 
the goal is with offering unbundled services, the goal is to lessen the amount of time that I spend on particular cases. Because I'm lessening the amount of time I'm spending on cases, I'm also not charging quite as much. So uh, right. we we are a flat fee only organization. So uh, mm-hmm. we don't we don't do hourly billing, and that's more for our own sanity, to be honest. Uh, and it helps, but what helps with that is that unbundled services are transactional in nature. So it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to. Uh, foresee what the dollar amount is going to be. We even crazily, um, if that's even a word, we have our uh, our law firm uh, prices for um, our most common uh, services that we offer for mm-hmm. like family law and small business planning right, right. and uh, for estate planning. We actually have our prices on our website. So, um, oh, wow. so yeah, I'm, I know we're kind of crazy that way, but uh, so, but part of, part of why I can offer a service for a little bit lower price is because it doesn't take me as long to do the work for that particular transaction that I'm doing for the client. And so because of that, I want to, I want to lower my interaction and my time requirement mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. So if I'm charging $2,000 for something that could, you know, technically if I was doing it hourly, it might take me forever because I had to have all the back and forth with the client, had to be on the phone, had to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I, I want to streamline that as much as possible. So I would say number one for um, the, the unbundled um, software that we use is the automation. It's, it's, okay. and that's, we do use Practice Panther automation because it's, uh, we switched to them from Clio uh, maybe four years ago, three or four years ago, because all of the automation is inside of Practice Panther. You don't need separate software um, to integrate. Like Zapier? Exactly. Um, And and even not with Zapier, uh, Clio, for example, had uh, integrations with other softwares for like client intake questionnaires and different Mm -hmm. kinds of things like that, that would would feed into Clio. But sometimes Mm -hmm. those integrations were broken and it was just a problem. So Practice Panther is not perfect. I would love to have something that was better. That's on my wish list um, is to find something that is just document automation that would work better, uh, like the client intake questionnaire, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, inside the automation and inside of Practice Panther, uh, the we build out the electronic questionnaire for our client. Mm-hmm. They then fill in. It's what you're already doing, whether it's somebody right, right. Office or that kind of thing. Uh, they fill it in. And then again, I've, we've done kind of all the merge fields and things like that on the back end. Um, we've outsourced that because I've done it myself once. <laughs> they, gotcha. I messed it up because I didn't put a hashtag somewhere or whatever. Um, and so we outsourced that. But, uh, but I, now that all that's done, when I have an estate planning client, for example, and need to do powers of attorney or whatever it might be, the, the client fills out the intake uh, questionnaire that comes from Practice Panther. I send it in Client Rock because that's what they know is that's their login for their portal. And uh, inside Practice Panther, once I get it back, um, inside Practice Panther, I click a button to apply a template and mm-hmm. it just automatically fills in for me. So I would say some type of automation for okay. your documents um, because unbundling in and of its nature is transactional based. Mm-hmm. Even for people who do unbundled for litigation services, which we do, um, we do pro se assistance for litigation services, but mm-hmm. 
still transactional in nature. And so automating as much as possible is huge because again, you're decreasing the time that you are involved in things. Um, I would say also for unbundling um, the, the client portal. Um, I know I mentioned that before, but the client <laughs> portal is, is huge in that um, you can decide to unbundle however you want to. We as a virtual unbundled law firm, because that's exclusively what we are here in Arkansas, uh, we um, don't have phone conversations with our clients after the initial mm -hmm. consultation. And so the, the client or the, the client portal is where we do 100% of our communications, which again, saves time for anybody who's ever done family law, um, which we still do. And I used to do in full representation practice. Um, you'd be, you would not, I guess you probably wouldn't be surprised at how much that client portal cuts down on the time that you have to spend listening to the stories and all that kind of stuff. Cause if they want to tell you something, they will, but then you're just reading it later as opposed to the interaction on the phone or, or an in-person meeting. Well, so how, how is that portal serving? Is it serving too much? Do clients complain that this is too much of a buffer? I want to talk to my attorney or, and if so, how do you handle that? Sure. Um, we actually don't get pushback from our clients. Um, mm -hmm. We have been operating as like in this way, we've mm -hmm. had changes in the software that we use, but we've been operating this way for six and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And we, we don't have pushback from our clients because they understand that what they're paying for is this type of legal service. If they want to go hire a full representation attorney to right, go right. sit in their office, then then they will just pay more money basically. Gotcha. Um, okay. So we really, honestly, I've had in, in uh, my, my partner started the firm six and a half years ago. I've been with her since the end of 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, so a little while. Um, and I've had one family law client once um, kind of freak out after she hired me and say, I just, I like, it's just so personal and I can't imagine that I won't ever see you, you know, in person and come to All your right. office and that kind of thing. And, and, and I just, kind of explained um, in the chat, uh, in the client portal, I just explained, you know, I'm invested in this. I want to help you. I want to help you economically, you know, do this right. in, a, in a very economic, right. economically favorable way and right, right, all right, this right. kind of stuff. And she immediately said, you're right. I can tell from what you've written, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, that's a lot of words to say that we really honestly don't get too much pushback from clients. And that's part of what the consultation is for us is about betting whether right. or not that particular client or that particular fact scenario situation fits with what we do. And we are, um, we've just decided that it's a luxury that we're going to turn down clients sometimes. And we give them referrals for other attorneys if we think that they're not a good fit for us for whatever reason. All right, excellent. So wait, I think, so we had automation, we had the client portal, and I think we need one more. We do, and I have it written down, and it <laughs> is, uh, I did not have a third one written down. Um, well, I'll put you in the spot. Can uh, you think of another one, whether it's software or technology? I would say that um, for the unbundled piece, when it comes to the software or technology, it's, uh, I, you know, for unbundled services, I think it's important to have, especially when you're talking about in a virtual environment, mm -hmm. it's important to have um, a good presence out there 
right. so that people can see you and see your personality. This is not right, right. exactly software technology, but it is cloud-based something in mm-hmm. that like on our website, we have videos explaining okay. what okay. explaining what unbundled means, what limited scope right. representation means, yep. what it's like to work with us. Also, here are my kids and here's my dog and here's, you know, like it's us as personality people. Okay. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. And also with social media, we, um, we have a very big pre- presence uh, with video and photos and things like that on social media. Okay. And again, it's, it's when you're talking about someone, and this kind of goes to your question about getting pushback from clients on not ever physically meeting us or, you know, in, uh, or talking to us on the phone, that kind of thing. They know our personality because we're pretty real um, in all of the interactions that we have online as well. And even though I'm not personally on Facebook that much uh, in my personal life, I've kind of taken a hiatus a little bit from Facebook because it's a little too much, but gotcha. we have a good presence on Instagram and all on right. our uh, business page on Facebook. Okay. And so they can see, Excellent. we do Facebook lives every week right. for potential consumer, you know, our consumers in Arkansas. And um, so I would say it's not like a piece of technology or software, but it's just making sure that you are a real person mm-hmm. since you're not going to be a typical attorney to them. And okay. your, your listeners can't hear, but I'm using air quotes there. Typical attorney. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, excellent. Let's, let's move into number three. What are three pieces of technology you use to help your lawyer clients sustain and grow in the virtual law environment? So our, by our lawyer clients, um, and I don't know why I've always had a hard time with the word lawyer. It's, I think it's because my name is Laura and I want to say lawyer. I have no idea, but then that sounds like lawyer. Um, so with our attorney clients, uh, we, have, we operate as a law firm here in Arkansas under the name of mm-hmm. O'Brien and Moore, which is a mm-hmm. partner firm or a licensee of MyVirtual.Lawyer, which is the brand of mm-hmm. virtual unbundled law firms across the U.S. Uh, what we are is a network of law firms in different mm-hmm. jurisdictions, and we all have commonality in that we all offer limited scope representation mm-hmm. slash that's unbundled, unlimited scope are, are interchangeable uh, phrases. Uh, and we all operate in some way virtually. Now, other firms might do it um, partially, like as a hybrid, um, but they have to offer some type of, of limited scope, unbundled service and do mm-hmm. it with a virtual environment. Um, when it comes to the technology pieces that we, that we um, offer for them and that helps them sustain and grow uh, their businesses, I will say that uh, we offer vendor discounts for our um, for our partner firms, and that's okay. something that we've worked out with Practice Panther, Client Rock, um, Smith.ai, and a few other things uh, that that allows them to. That's not necessarily one thing, but that's one of the things that we have worked out um, so so that our partner firms get the benefit of these relationships that we've made with some of the vendors. Uh, another one is like Legal Inc., um, which okay. helps, helps to helps build your um, uh, your filing and things like that with the Secretary of State. And they even all act as registered agents, that kind of thing. So we have these vendor discounts that we have already prearranged and um, gotten good pricing and stuff for our partner firms. Um, that's one thing that we do. Another thing, we've actually tried out a couple of different softwares for um, internal communication within mm-hmm. the network. Right now, to be honest, we're currently using Slack because okay. it's 
we've tried out the paid ones um, and it's either too complicated or they weren't logging in. And even Slack sometimes is a little bit difficult because it's just one more thing. My problem is, is that I hate email <laughs> because everything just gets so lost in right. the email void of threads and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so we're currently using Slack. We have used, um, there's a tool that I actually really like a lot that's called Armor Text for internal communication for teams, uh, for internal communication. Okay. And Armor Text was actually built um, for the oil and gas industry several years ago. Oh, okay. And that's another, because we're a little bit known in the national kind of virtual lawyer world. And All so right. we do have kind of like our relationship with Client Rock. Uh, we had them reach out to us a few years ago and ask us kind of to help them figure out if it was a tool that could be used in law firm environment. Okay. And um, I do like Armor Text a lot. It's an annual subscription for each person. Mm -hmm. It is a like a super secure. When you're talking about security, it's a super mm -hmm. secure internal messaging tool, video, right. file sharing, that kind of thing. Um, and what I like about it is that it's encrypted to the person and to their devices specifically, individually devices. So that if okay. somebody like leaves their iPad in a hotel or Right. Like whatever it can the armor text data can be wiped so okay oh, remotely? Of, yeah. okay so if any listeners are curious about that um armor text it's one word okay. and they can go okay. look and see uh we have gotten away a little bit from using it because we were having a lot of changes in personnel and it was just become it was a little bit more cumbersome okay. um, to keep adding and because one of the parts of the encryption that they have is that new people that are added mm -hmm. can't see the old threads. Oh, so, okay. That can be yeah. a problem. And that, and yeah, that they may have worked on that a little bit. Cause I haven't, um, I, we haven't added anybody new, uh, for the past year, I would say. And that okay. was one of the complaints that I had, um, that they work on for law firm integration is. Yeah. At least with Slack, you can, you can get every, you know, all the old stuff, which comes in handy, especially, you know, cause people come, people go and, you know, with, with staff. And I'm sorry, I may have interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. Not at all. Um, but you're exactly right. Uh, so with Slack, it's just kind of where we're settled right now. Uh, another one that we used in the past was Mighty Networks. Um, mm -hmm. Because again, we, we want a platform for sharing, for video sharing, um, for file sharing, for uh, internal chats, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we used Mighty Networks for a little while, but again, just it, Sometimes it's just the adoption. And I used to work right. for Westlaw for a lot of years. I worked for Westlaw for 12 years. And so I understand that okay. sometimes the forced adoption doesn't work as well as you think. So. Yeah, I, I've had that issue too. Um, yeah. And so we just kind of decided that Slack is free. So instead of us paying for this stuff and trying to get people to use it, let's just take a little break and, and, um, and okay. use a free or cheap version for a little while, because we're not necessarily sh sharing too many trade secrets necessarily. Um, right. we're not, we're not, we're not sharing law firm client information or anything like that. And, right. uh, so that's, that's another thing. And then I would say number three is that we, um, we heavily share, um, and use, it's not necessarily, it's communicated through like the Slack and that kind of thing. But we have social media calendars and um, video uh, calendars and also the how to build a virtual law firm course and 
uh, different workshops that we have on limited scope representation. Okay. okay. And yep. so it's really kind of the collection of, um, you know, here's how you promote yourself on social media. We gotcha. paid a, okay. we, we paid a consultant a few years ago to help us out with how to get our name out there as an mm-hmm. unbundled law firm. What does that mean? Right, right. How to communicate that to the general public, because that's okay. one of the biggest thing, um, biggest things about uh, operating as an unbundled law firm is really, it's just client education, consumer education, that this is an option. And so we offer them those resources of what we've kind of used and what we've paid for and what we've mm-hmm. built ourselves um, so that they have access to that. So wait, I heard correctly, your first answer was talking about um, access to discounts in different platforms. Yes. Um, and then the third one was, um, you know, helping them with their PR and offering services about social media, et cetera. But I'm not sure I heard a second one. The second one was the, um, the internal communication tools. Slack oh, forgive me. The- I thought that kind of, kind of rolled from the, um, the discounts on different platforms and, and forgive me, I kind of, I missed that transition. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I no, might but, not have done a hard transition with number two is this. <laughs> so. Well, then let me, let me ask you this while we're on this question. If an attorney wants to sign up with myvirtual.lawyer, what should they do? So they just need to contact us. Um, mm-hmm. We, Brooke and I like to have conversations with anybody who's interested because we, mm-hmm. we like to say, we don't want, you know, jerks to be a part of our network. Uh, we want people who actually want to offer these types of services to clients and also work with each other um, in a network environment to right, right. share ideas and things like that. So on our website, that chat box mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier, um, yeah, it was also it. one of the first questions that I'll ask you is, are you an attorney or do you need an attorney? And right, if okay. you are an attorney, it actually links you to Brooks and my booking calendar for a 30 minute chat with us. Okay, um, excellent. So they can just go and set up a 30 minute chat with us. They can also email me um, or Brooke, uh, where it's Laura at L-A-U-R-A at myvirtual.lawyer. Uh, there's no .com or anything like that. It's just myvirtual.lawyer um, if they don't wanna go on the website and, and right, find right. the calendar. But we are um, expanding out right now. Uh, we've, we've had a couple of different iterations of what the um, membership affiliation looks like, but okay. we're pretty settled on, on a 2021 um, new version that is, okay. uh, is building. We just added Florida licensee um, member firm and looking at adding uh, Maryland and potentially Tennessee here in okay. the next couple of months. And so we want... People to part of what Brooke and I are very passionate about too is not just access to justice to us is not for poor people necessarily. It's just for the average right. consumer. Right, right. Not everybody can afford traditional legal help because we are expensive. Right. Lawyers are expensive. And so um, we want people to have an option that's not legal okay. Zoom or right. like the divorce.com or those kinds of things because those are crappy. <laughs> I mean, I say that. LegalZoom has some benefits and has some good things, but it's not, you know, we're all about the human interaction. You're actually having an attorney help you about your personal problem versus you just trying to fill out a form online that you paid for, by the way, because they're not cheap necessarily. Um, But we also are very passionate about attorney wellness 
And uh, I, for example, have, um, I got diagnosed with a chronic illness about five years ago and I have some days that sometimes I don't want to get off the couch. And so it's great that I don't have to go to a hearing and I don't have to be forced into, you know, a court schedule that, or opposing counsel bugging me or clients even bugging me that much because I, you know, their interactions with me are through a client portal that I respond within 24 hours, you know, that kind of thing. So um, this is just a more sustainable way for some people to practice law. So another thing that Brooke and I, um, my partner and I are both very passionate about is attorney wellness and well-being. And part of that is because we've each had our own struggles with burnout and, you know, whatever it might be. And the unbundled world, and especially the Mm -hmm. way that we like to practice with the virtual aspect of the unbundled world, it's just more sustainable and mm-hmm. more fulfilling um, where, where an attorney can feel like they're using their, their JD, they're using their knowledge to help right. people, but without all of the hassle that most of us have felt with full representation practice, um, right. I myself decided that I wanted to help people. I quit my career and opened a domestic violence law firm um, that just, I just did family law divorces and stuff with domestic violence and the opposing counsel BS just killed me. Uh, And now I can help with divorces and I don't obviously deal with domestic violence anymore because that's not suitable for unbundled, but it's just a way that I can still help people and help people not go into bankruptcy just to get a divorce and that kind of thing. But my personal emotional involvement is so minuscule compared to what I used to do. And so, right. uh, so that's part of the reason that we also created the LLC, the brand um, right. network group. And, uh, and so anybody who's interested in just a different way to practice, we've got one member who was a partner in a medium-sized law firm in a big jurisdiction and decided that she wanted more time with her kids. So she went out, she's solo and she's been doing it for two years. And and, you know, same kind of thing with different uh, members that we've had. And, uh, you know, we'd love to talk to you if you're interested in learning more about it. Um, you can just, you know, book, book an appointment on our calendar on our website. Well, that leads me into uh, my last question. Where can people find you? So you can find me or us on myvirtual.lawyer. It's okay. pretty easy. It's the website. Um, we, it's, it's kind of a combination of the brand itself, but also for, you know, services for attorneys, but also the individual partner firms that we have their law firm access as well. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, myvirtual.lawyer. Everything's myvirtual.lawyer okay. on Instagram. Um, we actually on LinkedIn, we don't know much on our page on LinkedIn, but uh, we individually, Laura O'Brien, um, O-B-R-Y-A-N. So a little bit easier to find me because of the spelling of my name, but um, Laura at myvirtual.lawyer, go to the website. You can click on my face. You can see my face if you're interested mm-hmm. and send me an email from there as well, or book uh, a chat with me um, on the website as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing and thank you for being a guest today. I appreciate having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at the TechSavvyLawyer.page. Have a great day and happy luring.